Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there, and Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. rocketmoney.com Slash morning cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning cup of murder. Some cases are so strange that they forever remain at the forefront of true crime history. On December 31st, 1980, a young woman was attacked and became the first victim of a very strange and unique serial killer. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Paul Michael Stefani was born on September 8th, 1944 and raised in Austin, Minnesota with his nine other siblings. Growing up on a five-acre plot of land, Paul and his siblings were brought up by an extremely religious mother and stepfather, a man who, according to Paul's claims, was sometimes abusive, smacking the kids if they got in his way and sometimes sending them tumbling down the stairs. After graduating high school, Paul moved to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area where he floated from job to job, met a woman named Beverly Litter, married her, had a daughter, and then eventually divorced and abandoned his new family. With a history of mental illness and an aggravated assault charge under his belt, just a few years after the end of his marriage, some sort of switch flipped inside of Paul Michael Stefani, 
And on New Year's Day in 1981, he made a call that would cement his name into true crime history. On December 31st, 1980, Karen Potak, who had just arrived in St. Paul a little bit ago to have a party with her sisters, left and started wandering around the city. Still buzzed from the alcohol, Karen came face to face with an unknown attacker who beat her so brutally that there was a crack in her skull. Three hours later, at around 3 a.m. on New Year's Day, with Karen still lying naked in a snowbank near the railroad tracks, an anonymous call came in to the local police reporting the attack in a strange, high-pitched, almost weepy voice. So incoherent and strange that police had a hard time determining if the caller was male or female. Directing police straight to her location and telling them, quote, there is a girl hurt there. When Karen Potak was found, she was, despite the severity of her attack, still somehow alive. Though her brain, left exposed, suffered from permanent trauma and she was unable to recall any of the details of her attack. Unsure who attacked this young woman, things cooled off until June 3, 1981, when that same trembling voice called the police station again and cried, quote, I don't know why I had to stab her. I'm so upset about it. This time, the victim wasn't able to make it out alive. 18-year-old Kimberly Compton, a student from Wisconsin, was found stabbed to death with an ice pick, a fact that police had not spoken about publicly, which helped them to rule out the worry that the strange calls were some macabre prank. They attempted to trace the call, but found that it was too short. However, hours later, another call came in that they were able to track to a local bus depot phone booth. This time, the caller said, Don't talk, just listen. I'm sorry of what I did to Compton. I couldn't help it. I can't think of getting locked up. If I get locked up, I'll kill myself. I'll try not to kill anybody else. Unfortunately, by the time police arrived at the scene, the caller, and now suspect, was already gone. Wanting to see if this caller matched any others, especially the ones connected to unsolved crimes, investigators listened to a backlog of recorded calls and found that that very distinctive voice heard on the line was exactly like the one heard five months earlier that led them to Karen Potak. Now dubbed the weepy-voiced killer, this same man called on June 6th to say that the newspaper accounts of his crimes were inaccurate. Between calls apologizing for what he did and broken promises to turn himself in, Paul Stefani, according to his own later confession, took the life of Kathleen Greening. Found dead in her home just outside of St. Paul, no phone calls were made by this escalating serial killer. His fourth victim was 40-year-old Barbara Simmons, who unknowingly met the weepy voice killer at the Hexagon Bar and gave him a cigarette. Her body was found on August 6, 1982, by a paperboy doing his route. She was found along the banks of the Mississippi River in Minneapolis, and in trying to analyze the scene and how the killer attempted to cover it up, the local detectives determined that this crime probably wasn't his first. Speaking with witnesses and finding out that Barbara spent the evening before her murder at the Hexagon Bar, police interviewed the bartender, who claimed the victim was seen talking to an unidentified white male. One of the waitresses said that she told her, quote, I hope this guy's okay because I just need a ride home. 
And just before leaving with that man, she allegedly said, quote, he's cute. I hope he's nice since he's giving me a ride home. With that, Barbara left and wasn't seen again until that boy found her body. Two days later, they got their confirmation when that shaky, tearful, and desperate voice called saying, I'm sorry I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one over in St. Paul. I killed more people. I'll never make it to heaven. Knowing that there was an active serial killer in their area, investigators reached out to the FBI for assistance in profiling a potential suspect. Profiler Kimberly Masnick said that their weepy voice killer was someone who was, quote, going into a juvenile state, was crying out for help, but who wanted to play some sort of cat-and-mouse type game with the police. Digging through mugshots of past offenders, one with a history of violent assaults, the pile was narrowed down to an eight-person lineup and the bar staff was brought in to see if anyone favored the man seen with Barbara Simmons. The plan worked and the finger was pointed straight at Paul Stefani. Now a suspect, police did some digging and found out that three years before the attack, Paul had been fired from the Malberg manufacturing plant, where Karen Potak was found. Placed under surveillance, when Paul left his home the night of August 21st, 1982, police somehow lost track of him, and while they tried to regroup, their killer made his way straight to the city's red light district. Several hours later, a call came in from a man claiming to have seen a woman being stabbed with a screwdriver. Despite the monitoring, Paul managed to solicit a 19-year-old girl named Denise Williams and make plans to go back to her apartment. Offering to drive her back to the district when they were finished, Denise accepted but soon realized that the stranger had made a wrong turn that took them down a secluded road. Claiming he was going through a shortcut, Denise started to feel uncomfortable and, after looking around, noticed a glass bottle on the ground and picked it up just in case she needed to defend herself. At the end of the road, Paul suddenly turned around and stabbed her in the stomach with a screwdriver. She smashed the bottle over his head and while he tried to recover, Denise threw open the door just as he began stabbing her several more times. As she screamed for help, a man nearby heard the sounds and ran to confront the attacker. Paul managed to flee, but Denise, despite her 15 stab wounds, managed to walk away with her life. She was also able to look at a mugshot and identify Paul Stefani as her attacker. Not long after the brutal attack, a call came into emergency services requesting an ambulance. The man on the line claiming he got beat up sounded a hell of a lot like the weepy calls they had received in the past. This was the final nail in Paul's coffin, and the final piece needed to connect him to the weepy-voiced killer. Paul was quickly arrested and, charged with the murder of Barbara Simmons in addition to the attempted murder of Denise Williams, he was confronted with a case file for the weepy-voiced killer. When he asked the officer if he was going to pin those crimes on him, his voice changed and became that of the man who was making all those 911 calls and confessions. Taken to trial, his ex-wife, sister, and a woman who lived with him testified that the hysterical caller heard on the recordings was indeed Paul Stefani. And with that, and the identification by those working at the bar that night, he was found guilty of Barbara Simmons' murder and Denise Williams' attack. Sentenced to 40 years in prison, 
At the time, police were unable to connect him conclusively with the other cases. That all changed, however, when in 1997, Paul was diagnosed with skin cancer and given less than a year to live. He decided to give the family's closure and confess to the attack on Karen Potak and the murders of Kim Compton, Barbara Simmons, and Kathy Greening, a case that at this point he had not been connected to at all since he never made a phone call. Relooking at the case, though, they found that in her address book was the name Paul S. and a telephone number that belonged to Paul Stefani. Having finally told the police what they needed to know, Paul Michael Stefani passed away on June 12, 1998. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened in the new year on January 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.